Hello, and welcome to episode 156 of The Modern Manager. I'm your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. A warm welcome to Danielle W., Corinne D., and Lou T. to The Modern Manager community. And a warm welcome to you for taking the time to listen today and to invest in your own personal and professional development. I wanted to let you know that starting June 15th with episode 158, if you are a member, you will be able to access a members-only version of the show directly in your podcast player. This members-only feed will include all the same episodes just without the pitch to become a member, and I'll also be posting occasional bonus episodes. Members will also get access to episode transcripts in addition to the normal bullet point takeaways and blog articles. I mention this now because these new perks are available to all members at every membership level. And when they release, the entry-level membership, which is right now $2 per month, will go up to $5 per month. But if you are already a member at $2, you get to stay at $2 for as long as you keep your membership active. So if you want access to transcripts, additional bonus episodes, a weekly episode without the membership promo, and all the other benefits that come with membership, head on over to themodernmanager.com join and sign up now while it is still only $2 per month. Now, today's guest is Karen Weeks. Karen's purpose is helping organizations build amazing cultures while guiding individuals to find fulfillment in their careers. Currently, she's the Senior Vice President of People at Order Groove, and Karen is also a career coach, award-winning people and culture advisor, speaker, published author, and podcast host. Karen and I talk about all things feedback, how to prepare to give feedback so the conversation goes as smoothly as possible, how to role model and make feedback part of your regular management practice, how to move from feedback to solutions for the future, and so much more. Now here's the conversation. You're listening to The Modern Manager, a podcast dedicated to helping you be a rock star boss with a thriving team. Whether you're looking to upgrade your meetings, cultivate your team, or grow as a leader, this podcast is for you. Now here's your host, Mamie Canfer-Stewart. Karen, it is such a pleasure to have you today. I am really looking forward to talking to you because I just finished reading your book and I'm like so excited to share it with everybody who's listening right now. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to, to share some really concrete tips for managers. All right. Well, let's just dive right in because this is everyone's favorite topic, how to give feedback, because <laughs> most people just, at least I'll speak for myself, this is not my favorite thing to do in the world. <laughs> It's like awkward and nerve wracking. And even though it's like such an important part of a manager's job. Well, and it doesn't matter how long you've been a manager. It's something that people struggle with throughout their whole career because it is, it's hard. It's personal, even when you try to make it objective. So people are not alone if they feel that way. Yeah. So I want to actually start maybe in an odd place for this, but I have noticed that when I go to give feedback that. I feel really differently about giving feedback on work product than on someone's behavior. And I'm not, mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's something about that personal element to it where it's like giving feedback on a document or on just some kind of work related thing just feels so much easier than telling yeah. someone that their behavior or the way that they're showing up isn't working so well. Are, are you finding that too? Yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it comes down to, even though you can be objective about someone's behavior, it's still who they are as a human being or the way they demonstrated themselves in that moment. While a document is black and white, 
there's usually some rules about grammar or whatever the the thing is, or if it's numbers based that you either made your quota or you didn't, like it's very black and white, but there's so much assumptions and perceptions when it comes to behavior that it's much harder to ground it in something tangible versus making it feel personal, even though that's not obviously what you're trying to do. All right. So walk us through, because you have a whole process. So why don't you like give us an overview of how you think about giving feedback and then we can kind of get into the more specifics. Absolutely. So for me, feedback is all about, first of all, being doing it on a consistent basis. And I don't mean berating someone because they're doing something wrong, but giving feedback ongoing. So if someone does come to you and say, hey, I have some feedback to share, you're not all of a sudden going, oh my God, like I never get feedback. This must be horrible. This must be a bad thing. But as a manager, if you build it into every one-on-one that you do, about feedback about work, about feedback about some team interactions, and ask for feedback as a manager. What could I have done differently this week to help you set up for success or have you know been a better manager for you? It creates this culture of feedback where feedback is expected. Feedback is part of your relationship. It's based on trust and wanting someone to do better and be their best, not a punitive thing. And so if you really build it into one-on-ones, have ongoing development conversations. And it's really just about who you are as a manager that you give and ask for feedback. That doesn't make it as scary and daunting when you have to deliver maybe some tougher feedback. So I think that's number one is have it be part of your manager routine. I think the other thing is always make sure that you're coming with as much data and perspective as possible. So if you witnessed it, great. Obviously, there's very clear perspective there. But even if you're the only one who saw it, lead with questions because you have your data, but you're the only one who has that perspective at that moment because you're the only witness. So whether that is asking others who are in the meeting for feedback on how someone did, if you witness something, bringing in data of other examples of it, maybe they had one meeting that didn't go so well and that was similar to other meetings where you witnessed the same thing. Or again, if you're the only person that witnessed it, lead with questions. You know, how do you think that presentation went? How do you think so-and-so responded to it? How do you think that meeting went? Because then you can get their perspective on it and maybe hopefully they'll have some self-awareness that you can then build on. But if not, you at least know that going in and you're able to share your perspective and then ask follow-up questions afterwards. So have it be part of who you are, get as much data and different perspectives as possible. And if you don't have that, or even if you do, lead with questions and be ready to ask some follow-up questions about their perspective such a nice high-level overview. And I, there are like a couple different places I want to go to. So I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to actually start at the, the end, which is I also have noticed that when people have greater self-awareness, it just makes the whole conversation so much easier. So I love yes. this point of start by asking them, how do you think this project went? Or you know, how do you think that meeting went? And getting them to open up so that you have that data. Because it's great if they bring it up and they say, well, I feel like I really struggle in this part. Like you, they just opened the door for you. It's so nice. Yes. <laughs> and if they don't, then as you said, now you understand that they're not seeing that part of themselves or they're not wanting to admit that part. And so you need to tread a little differently when, as you open the door for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it also helps with leading by example as well Is you can also ask, you know, hey, how do you think I did in that meeting? Or, you know, I noticed some friction in the meeting you know, you handled it this way, I handled it this way. How did that feel? So it also gives you a chance to sort of share your own vulnerability as a manager in those moments too. Thank you for saying that because we so often forget that our role modeling is actually one of the most powerful ways that we can engage with our employees, right? Like 
by role modeling, they see not only what we're telling them to see, but they actually can internalize that this is ideal. This is optimal behavior. This is expected behavior. So yes, ask for feedback. I've talked to a number of different people recently. and I've asked them, has your manager ever asked you for feedback? And it's a resounding no. And I'm always like, oh, it's so sad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it it almost, again, it's hard, right? Because as managers, you're trying to walk this fine line of being the manager and being the leader and the role model and all those things we just talked about but also being human and some of the best leadership qualities are vulnerability and transparency and authenticity and all of those things that can sometimes make you open for you know criticism. But I think showing that you're willing to have those conversations and you're willing to take that feedback also shows an expectation of this is how we work. This is how we get better is we talk about these things and we share feedback and we work through it. And I think it also opens up to expectation of behavior. So you mentioned earlier about those soft skills. If in a moment of conflict, a manager and an employee are both in that moment and a manager sets the tone by you know, de-escalating and asking questions, I hear what you're saying, all those things you're supposed to do in conflict management, they've now set the expectation that that's how they expect their employee to handle conflict as well. And then talking through that, you know, I learned how to do that through an experience I had a few years ago when I didn't handle conflict right. All of it just opens up that conversation. So I want to talk about this element of making it a regular part of your management practice, because I completely agree. And some managers just do this naturally. Some managers come into organizations where they have some sort of setup that's expected around regular one-on-ones or regular feedback. But if that's not your case, if you're kind of out floating without a lot of structure, (laughs) or maybe you've just been nervous around giving feedback, or you give tons of positive feedback, but the critical stuff you kind of shy Mm -hmm. away from, Mm -hmm. how do you get started? How do you like open this process with your team? Is there a specific way that you've seen makes it easier to start creating a culture of regular feedback? Yeah, I think there's two different things you can try. One is And there's literally an exercise that I recommend to folks or just ask the question. Like it doesn't have to be anything formal. Know what motivates and your team and how they like to be recognized because then you can actually tie feedback to that. I know that what motivates you is having an impact in our business or helping our clients be successful or feel like you're adding value and helping your team. So with that, I want to be able to give you feedback on when you do that really well, or maybe there was a situation where you could have done that better because I know how important that is to you. So you turn it back sort of on the employee, but you need to know what their motivation is and and how they like to be recognized in order to make that conversation work. The other thing that can sometimes be helpful is if you and your company do things like DISC or Myers-Briggs or Strengths Finders or any of those sort of personality things, that also opens up the door to, you know, I know hitting results is really important to you, or I know that taking time to work through details is really important to you, but let's talk about analysis paralysis and how that can slow us down or, or whatever is appropriate, you know, for your, your, the personality of your person. But I think that that's another place where communication style comes through, decision-making comes through, what's important to them, how they lead through relationships. All of those things are part of those personality assessments or profiles, and it helps you understand the human in front of you better. And that's the best way to know how to give them feedback and start that feedback culture is through, I know this is important to you. It's important to me. Let's make sure that we're having those conversations. 
I could not agree more. And I know that I have found, because I love Myers-Briggs, that (laughs) just knowing if someone is a thinker or a feeler is so helpful for when I'm preparing to talk to them. I know if they're a thinker, then they're just going to want to like get straight to the logic. Like what happened? What are the facts? Give it to me straight. (laughs) And if they're a feeler, there's going to need to be a little bit of a of a softer conversation. There might be some tears that flow. And I know that those tears are not necessarily a bad thing. It's just how the person processes because they interact with relationships in a different way and the feedback in a different way than someone who might be really analytical. And that's all okay. But just knowing that makes it so much easier. Yeah. Well, and it also leads to potential pushback as well. Like going back to the thinker feeler piece, you know, a thinker thinks fair is applying the same thing to every person, like a policy. If you are supposed to be at work at nine, you're supposed to be at work at nine. And that's the end of the story. A feeler tends to believe that it should be based on the individual. So I know you're supposed to be here at nine, but you've got to drop your kids off at daycare or you've got this or you've got that. So that's okay because as an individual, I'm going to adapt for you. And even just knowing something like that, that may either be how they respond to the feedback or it may be their reason behind the behavior, as we talked about earlier, that led to the you know thing that they didn't do, quote unquote, correctly. All right. So let's talk about now, like the nitty gritty. You have a situation, you need to give someone some critical feedback. What do you do to prepare for that conversation? Yes. So first is think about, is this new? Especially after the last year that everybody has gone through and, and honestly continues to go through. There might be outstanding circumstances that are leading to a change of behavior. Doesn't excuse it, doesn't mean you don't address it, but it just may help you position it in a way that might be more effective. So, is this new? Is this a pattern of behavior? Or is this something you haven't seen before? Is this something that you have addressed with them before? So, we've talked about this before. You know, the expectation is X, you continue to deliver on Y. So, that leads to a different sort of conversation. And then make sure you've got all your data straight. So what was the situation? What did they do, quote unquote, wrong? What did you expect them to do? Like, how would you have expected them to handle it? And then how can you remedy it? So I think a lot of times feedback is the, this is what went wrong. Don't do it again. And it's not the, and this is how we need to do it differently next time. And this is how I'm going to support you in that growth of knowledge. So, you know, you were supposed to do X, you did Y. This is why that gap is concerning. What I need you to do instead is this, and let me help you get there. This is some training. I can coach you through it. Let's walk through the next email you write together, and I will proof it for you. Let's prepare for that client call together next. I can sit in on the client call and listen to it live, whatever the thing is from a coaching and training standpoint, so they don't feel like they've just been scolded and then just left on their own to remedy it. So I think those are some of the key pieces. You know, is this new? Have you talked about this before? If it is new, is there anything you could think of that might be changing why the why the behavior changed? Again, maybe lead with questions before going to assumptions, getting all your data straight, setting up the, this is what happened. This is what I would have expected. This is the gap. This is how we can help you not be in the situation again. And then finally, practice it. Think about the person's personality profile. Think about what motivates them. Think about, are you going to be doing this over Zoom? Should you know make sure they're in a place where they can turn on a camera if that's appropriate so you can actually see them and look for social cues, which is so much harder virtually. Be ready for pushback. Think about what their perspective might be. Like literally put yourself in the other person's shoes to say, okay, if I was hearing this feedback, what 
might I say back to it? How might I react? Just so you're prepared for all that. And then my final piece of advice is always, if a conversation takes a turn and gets really emotional, really heated, really defensive, it's okay to stop it and say, I, it feels like this is a lot right now. I think maybe it'd help if you took some time to digest or took a breath. Let's regroup in an hour. Let's regroup in the morning. Don't keep pushing forward if the conversation is no longer productive. Pause it and move on and be ready for that. So that's why I mentioned it as part of the prep is like, be ready for that moment if it gets to it. That was great. And so like so many good questions to be asking. I'm wondering if you have a story or an experience from yourself or from a client where they kind of got through that process and what that looked like. Yes. So a few years back, I worked with a manager who had someone who had started off really strong and over the last like three months or so had really started to struggle. And we were trying to figure out what had changed. And so the manager was going through with me, you know, they did this project really well. They did this project really well. And then this project they really struggled with and I can't figure out why. So I need to give them some feedback on it. And I had them explain the two different projects for me. And I said, okay, so let's focus on what was different. First of all, you know, they, you know, they can do it right because they have done it right. So what was different about this one project? And as the manager kind of reflected a little bit more, they realized that it was more detail oriented in a new area of the business that was different enough from a previous project that they had worked on. Sorry for a little bit of vagueness, but I just have to be a little sensitive to folks in this situation. So it was a new area of the business. And I said, okay, so maybe we didn't give them enough information in order to be successful in that. Maybe we just kind of tossed them in the fire because we knew they knew they were great. They had worked so well in the past, but let's just keep that in the back of our mind. Again, not an excuse, but let's kind of, let's have that be part of the preparation. And then I asked the manager to talk to a couple of other people on the team. So this was a group project. So talk to a couple of members of the team and ask how they think the project went, you know, how this person did leading it, what they would have hoped, you know, had happened differently or what the leader could have done differently in the project so that you have more data, not just the results of the project and what you witnessed, but what the team was sharing as well. And you can let the team know, you know, hey, as a project leader, we always give them feedback. So I'm just asking for feedback. I'm not, you know, tell me the truth, be honest with me. Because I didn't want them to think that we were like going in with an agenda. So the manager got all this information together and we put together some talking points and prep for it. I gave some suggestions on, you know, this is where they may push back. This where this is where they may feel it wasn't fair. So the manager sat down and talked to the employee. And first of all, the employee got very emotional. They really have a lot of pride in their work. The work that they do is very visible. So they were concerned that now the whole company thought that they were bad at their job and poor and that they let down the company. So after we sort of worked through that piece and helped them understand, look, you are in a very visible role. You do have a lot of impact, but we want to make sure that you are set up for success. So talk to us about what was different for you. Why was this project different for you? And it, it came through twofold. One, she felt like she didn't have enough support from upper management in order to be successful, that she was just kind of thrown in the deep end and good luck. And then the other piece was she really felt like she didn't have the support of others across the organization. So if she was going to get to X results, she really needed support from this team and support from that team. And so we worked with her not on project management because she literally could do that fine because she had proven that before. 
And actually what we worked with her on was cross-functional relationships, influencing when you don't manage someone directly, some of those pieces. And then we also you know, took our own self-reflection and thought more about how we could train her on other areas of the business and, and also just more broadly as a company, how we can better set up folks for success and ramp them up quickly if they don't know an area of the business. And then obviously empowered her to, to speak up more if she felt that way during the project. So I think what the manager learned was to get perspectives of others and think about what was different this time around, but then also you know, recognize that what they thought might have been the problem, like project management, actually it was a different skill that that person was struggling with during that project. And I think that was helpful for her own development, but also helpful, helpful for the manager to take a step back and think about all the different things that go into somebody's work, kind of actually tying back to what you were saying earlier about some behavioral pieces as well. Yeah. And like this is such a great example of when there are things that we didn't do right that yes. created a situation where our colleague then struggled or floundered and how so many times we have a role to play, which goes back to what you started by saying of like, we need to ask for feedback too. Like this has to be a two-way conversation and we have to be open to hearing when someone says, yes, this was something that I didn't do well. And part of the reason, not the whole reason, right? Not excuses, but (laughs) but part of the reason is because I wasn't set up for success or I didn't have these resources or whatever. And I love what you said at the end here about, it's also important for us to to hear that, but then to also say, great, I get that. And please be proactive in asking for that help, in coming to me if you feel like you don't have enough information or you're not getting people to pick up the phone and and respond to your emails or whatever it is that you need, because that's my job as your manager is to help remove those roadblocks. But I can't do that if I don't know them. Yeah. And and it's so interesting because I really believe that most of the time, not always, but most of the time, employees are trying to do the right thing and trying to do amazing work and wanting to be their best. You know, the the people who slough off or jerks or whatever, like those are really the minority. Most of the time, someone really is trying their best and something just is not working. And it could be a skill thing. It could be a situational thing. You know, there's lots of different reasons, but I think it's easy to say, oh, they're just bad at their job or, oh, I guess they just didn't care about this project. That's so rare. It really is something else that's going on. And when we dig into it, I think it's really important. The the other piece of advice I shared with this particular manager was, if you saw it going that way, why didn't you intercede sooner and not wait to like doing a retro on the project? But if you saw the project was you know floundering a little bit, step in and sort of see what's going on earlier rather than just at the end. Oh, yes. Too many times we're either too disconnected and we've just given yeah. someone too much autonomy or yeah. we don't want to step on somebody's toes. And so we just kind of like let it go and hope that they'll pull it through. And really, there are ways that we could step in appropriately, right? By asking, like, how's it going, right? Just as you started with, you know, how do you think that meeting went? You know, how is this project going? Is there anything I could do to help you right now? Just simple questions. Yes. I love what you said earlier. What roadblocks can I help remove for you? So that's a great way to say like, hey, sometimes there are things that are out there that are blocking you. What are those and how can I help them? And it doesn't feel as personal that way too. Totally. All right. Next question is when someone is going to give me feedback, right? I know when somebody just reaches out and says like, hey, 
uh, can we talk about this? Or <laughs> I need to tell you something. It always like immediately makes my heart race. And then I have yeah. to be like, okay, chill out. It's not going to be that bad. And I'm a thinker, which is always so funny because like my husband jokes that my emotional range is like only half of a normal humans that I just <laughs> for whatever reason don't get super emotional. But it's that like, you know, I need to talk to you about something that makes me way more nervous than when I actually get to the conversation and they give me feedback. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure. I hear that. That makes sense. Yeah. So how do you start the conversation? Like, how do you alert someone that you want to have this conversation without sparking all of those triggers that then make them get nervous and defensive and worried? And then that just sets you off on the wrong foot. Yeah, it's a great question. I actually think this might be one place where if you continue to be virtual right now, everybody has to schedule a meeting because I can't just grab you in the hallway anymore. So it actually might not be as intense if you say, hey, do you have some time this afternoon to catch up on some things? Of course, you need to schedule that over a Zoom or whatever, because that's the only way I can grab you right now. So I actually think that might be helpful. And letting someone know, hey, I just want to catch up on some things is much less intimidating than, hey, I need to talk to you about something. The only other thing I would say about like how much to sort of lean in ahead of time is when you get to that call or right before that call, just to say, you know, hey, I know you've got a lot going on at home sometimes. Is this still a good time to talk? Because if they have distractions at home at that moment, it is not going to be set up for a successful conversation. They are going to be distracted. Maybe someone else is in the room and they're going to get defensive or, or not want to be open because they're afraid of what someone else may hear. Like if there's a roommate sitting on the couch and they're at the dining room table. So that may be another step to take is, hey, can we catch up on something later? I put time on your calendar. And then as you get closer to that conversation or even at the top of the conversation, say, hey, you know, is this still a good time to talk? Can you turn your video on? Or are you in a place where you can talk? Just to kind of give them the moment to share what's happening around them. So you know if the mental state or just the environmental state, honestly, is in a better place. And if the answer is no, take that because otherwise you've asked a question that you didn't actually care about and you were going to proceed anyway. No does not mean an excuse to push it off. No may mean, great, give me 15 minutes to get into a different room or let me throw the kids in front of the TV, give me 10 minutes, like whatever they need to do. It may be that simple, but if they're not in a place to have that conversation, then it is not going to go well, no matter how much you've prepped and how amazing you are at giving feedback. So those would be some of my tips especially in a virtual world. But if you are back in the office or when you do get back into the office, you know, I think just letting them know and opening the conversation with, you know, hey, you know, as you know, feedback's really important. I hope you always feel comfortable giving me feedback. And I believe feedback is only meant to set someone up for success and help them get better. So I have some feedback to share about this project you were just working on you know, is it okay? Is it is now a good time to have that conversation? And most of the time they're going to say yes, because you're the boss and they're not going to like disagree with it. But, you know, take time to go into a room. Don't just have that conversation in the hallway or as they're walking out the door, you know, literally they have their bag on their shoulder and go, Hey, do you have a couple minutes? That's not the time to do it. Well, and I love what you just said here about always framing it as I believe that feedback is a gift. I believe feedback is designed to help us all get better. Like feedback is our fuel. So, you know, I will ha- in that spirit, I have some feedback to give you, like reminding them that you're doing this because you care enough to do it, right? That yes. you're not doing it because you're a mean boss or you're <laughs> like really angry about how something went, but you're doing it because you care enough to give them the feedback so that they can get better. 
Yeah. There's a manager that I've worked with for a lot of years at this point who has such a beautiful way of starting off a really tough conversation. So after that part, he goes, and with that, I want to let you know, I've got some tough feedback to share. And this is probably not going to be an easy conversation, but I respect you and you know, this is important in our relationship. So I'm going to share it, but I want to let you know, this may be tough. And so just be open with me and, and let's just have this conversation. And, but he does it, his voice drops a little bit. He gets a little softer. Like he does such a beautiful job of transitioning into the, this is going to be hard. So be ready. But he does it in such a supportive and gentle way, but he's honest up front versus, okay, so, you know, the project you worked on, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, and someone's sitting there going either very nervous, like, is this good feedback? Is this bad feedback? How bad is this? What's going on? He lays it out up front. Like, this is going to be a a tough conversation. I've got some tough feedback to share, but I want to have this conversation. And it kind of sets the person off in the right foot to begin with. Such a smart way to approach it. All right. Well, unfortunately, we're out of time. So (laughs) can you tell us about a great manager that you worked for and what made this person so fantastic? Yes. So there is a woman I worked for at my last company who actually I now work for again. And she, you know, she cares about you as a person. So anytime she gives feedback, she ties it to what's important to me. You know, I know that supporting our culture is really important to you. I know that making people feel like they can be successful here because a development is important to you. I know building relationships across the leadership team is important. Whatever it is, like she she ties it back to that. And then she also says, you're such a, you know, she'll say something like, you're such a great culture champion. You've helped create our culture. Our values are X, Y, and Z. So that, you know, this made me think of this because this ties directly to one of our values. And she's just very human about it. You know, she cares about you. She's very honest. She's very open about it. And she's very direct in a helpful way, not in a like, I'm going to dance around this subject. And especially giving feedback to HR, especially giving feedback to someone on the leadership team. Sometimes those are even harder things. And I've always been very impressed on how she's done that because she leads with care and she leads with, I know this is important to you. And those words really mean a lot. And I did not plan this, but it actually ties back to that very first conversation that you had where a lot of the work that I do is more soft skills. And so she always ties them to a competency. Our values are tied to competencies, which are behavioral based, but they're much more objective words. So that helps make it not feel so personal when a lot of the work I do probably would feel more personal if she didn't tie it to a competency or something like that. All right. And where can people learn more about you, Karen, and the work that you do? Yes. So I do have a website. It's karendweeks.com. It's more focused on my one-on-one coaching, but it also shows some things I do with teams and some speaking events that I do. Like I'll do a link for this. So there's lots of resources for managers and, and HR leaders as well. And then honestly, on the social site, specifically LinkedIn, I do a lot of thought leadership there and you can follow sort of what I'm up to and links to different things that I'm working on. So either the website or LinkedIn are usually the best. Thank you so much for chatting with me today. I definitely learned some new tips and tricks and approaches that I look forward to employing with my own team. Thank you so much for having me. As a special guest bonus, members of the Modern Manager community can get one of five copies of Karen's book, Setting the Stage, a guide to preparing for any feedback conversation. To be eligible to get this guest bonus and all the other guest bonuses, become a member by going to themodernmanager.com slash join. 
And if you work for a government or a nonprofit agency, you get 20% off of any membership level. All the links are in the show notes and they can be delivered to your inbox when you subscribe to my newsletter. Find that at themodernmanager.com. Thanks again for listening. Until next time. Meetings are one of the most critical components of healthy collaboration and teams are at the heart of how we work. Meteor helps you use your time in meetings productively, build healthy relationships with your colleagues and move work forward. To learn how we do it, visit meteor.com. That's M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. You've been listening to The Modern Manager. You're already becoming a rockstar boss of a thriving team, I can tell. To ensure you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player and join the mailing list at mamieks.com slash podcast. That's M-A-M-I-E-K-S dot com slash podcast to get show notes and other special content delivered directly to your inbox. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.